We continue on our week of post-trade deadline coverage, talking about the Arizona Coyotes rebuild. We've teased it in overall this week, and now it's time to talk defense. That's on today's episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlock on today's episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. I want to thank everyone for making this show your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube. Today, we're talking about defense, Carl. Uh, we've been teasing it all week, you know, because we've been saying, okay, we're think there are players to build around when it comes to Arizona Coyote, the Arizona Coyotes. We talked about rising stars. We talked about cornerstone pieces. Uh, we're now in a unique situation in which we can talk about defense. We mentioned two defensemen in rising stars, but I think we're in a difficult situation past that. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty much. The Coyotes are not in a good spot defensively. I think that this is one of the few criticisms I have for Bill Armstrong's tenure so far is I, I don't think he's handled the defenseman particularly well. Like the fact that the Coyotes traded Connor Timmons for effectively nothing uh, earlier this season has kind of led to a position where you're just like, who is going to be the Coyotes' future defenseman? Absolutely. And, you know, and we talked about the rising star pieces, and we'll kind of glance over that once again in case you missed that episode. You know, we talked, and I and I said two. Um, I should say should have said three because one is is still currently playing overseas. But mm -hmm. you know, JJ Mosier and, and Yusuf Valamaki are going to those. You know, um, you know, pretty good pieces for the defense, but not you know top line. You know, top pair people, top care guys, elite defensemen that are going to really hold down the fort when they're ready to emerge for a playoff run. Autumn yeah. Duda, we don't know a whole lot about, but you know based off of um, our understanding is he's making some really good, great strides past that is when we're having a difficult difficulty with, because you look at the defenseman that was picked before the uh, beforehand in, uh, in the later hand of the first draft, first round this last year, Carl um, Maverick Glamourou. We had a, you know, we had a Will Scouch on our show last, uh, last year. Yeah, and he pretty much wasn't really happy, you know, having it with that pick. He's like, I don't know, you know, like he might have that floor of an NHL defenseman, like an NHL level defenseman, but his ceiling also seems really low. Kind of doesn't seem like he's going to get maybe past like a third pair guy, or yeah. even if he, yeah, like, like it's just like he's just going to be there. Which, I mean, is absolutely fine. It is a draft strategy, I think, especially for like a late first round pick going for a guarantee. I think that's absolutely fine. Uh, I think the Coyotes needed to do more to kind of get a 
a risky player, a risky defenseman, like one who has a high ceiling, but like the floor could be nothing because you're going to kind of need to do a gamble. Or like I said, uh, not sign as many veterans in the off season and be forced to trade Connor Timmons, who is doing very well in Toronto right now. I, I feel like that must be said. Right. And the team was going to lose him. They didn't have the spot to like play him. They had to trade him or risk losing him on the waiver wire, like how they gained Val Mackey. Like that shouldn't have been a situation you were put in. It shouldn't have been. And they have to be the Coyotes need to figure out a way to really advance their defense because you know outside the players we mentioned that they currently have it's it's not strong um do you want me to go through the the current coyotes defenseman let's do it all right so we have uh patrick namath uh val Mackey, who we discussed josh brown uh connor Mackey, jj Mosier, victor soderstrom uh soderstrom Interesting piece. Uh, Interesting piece. Yeah, that, that's one to talk about because, yeah. you know, he was called up, what, around the trade deadline time because obviously you need some people. I think a little bit before because you had both or you just had uh, uh, Jacob Chikrin sitting. But yeah. Exactly. And so you're like, okay, we need, we need, we need you know, we need some bodies because we don't have any. Um you and I have been, you know, hopeful. I'd say that's the better, ter- the best term for it, for, uh, for Victor Soderstrom. Yeah. Because he plays better at the NHL level. Because when he's down in the AHL, he kind of becomes invisible. Um, yeah. Which isn't good for him. Like, you yeah. want him to develop into what we all expected him to be. He was a high draft pick, a relatively high draft pick. So, like, you want him to be a really good NHL defenseman. Can't, are we going to see that? I mean, it remains to be seen, but I mean, he does play better at the NHL level. Yeah. Uh, I th- I do also kind of want to point out Kesselring, interesting defenseman, AHL, like I think second place in goal scored, uh, played a game for the Coyotes and then was sent back down, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there, there are some interesting players, but you know that that's not a blue line that I'm very comfortable with. Uh, it's also pretty much set. Like the only player who's going to be, or who's not currently signed for next season, of the six that we listed, uh, is Mackey. Um, and not gonna lie, Mackey did not look good in the last game when I watched him. But you know, first game with a new team, something could happen. Like he could very well like realize that this is a good chance for him, but yeah, that's kind of what we're locked in for unless the, the team can make a trade. And I don't think anyone's going to take like Nemeth off their hands. I don't think they want to get rid of Brown. And I don't think you would move Val Mackey, Mosier or Soderstrom either. No, like those like Val Mackey, Mosier and Soderstrom, those if you really want to try to build the defense to be better, you would need to at least hold on to those three. Um, outside of that is you got to really build, build, get some, you know, potentially top end guys, maybe get some, uh, you know, some short term help. If you, when you were coming ready to come out for a, 
uh, playoff run years down the road and a top guy you just drafted isn't quite a hundred percent there. Yeah. Um, but the focus is to make sure you're drafting those people. Yeah. Which, uh, the, the coyotes have not been doing, uh, I think, uh, spoiler alert, when we start doing like draft profiles of players, I know I'm going to be leaning pretty heavily into defensemen. A hundred percent. I think especially because the Coyotes have um, another first round pick um, in the upcoming draft to help out. And potentially one that might be like what? Um, like maybe 10 through 15, maybe. Could be eight through 16. Could be eight through 16. Yeah. Like um, there are like that gives a potential of them of drafting, you know, one of the top defensemen. I, and I think I mentioned that top defenseman in the up in this upcoming draft. I'm looking at right now. Uh, yeah, Axel Sandin Pelica um, from the uh, from the SHL. Like, probably not going to get the top player. He's, unless... Right now, he is the number one defenseman rated at around the ten mark. Interesting, around the ten mark. Yeah. That's uh it's a it's a very forward heavy draft i must say yeah it's, uh, let's let's see center 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 slash left wing left wing center right wing center a bunch of centers yeah yeah uh the nhl uh like centers what can we say <laughs> uh absolutely but you know and i think <laughs> if I'm the Arizona Coyotes, use that pick you just got from um, uh, from Ottawa for Jacob Chikrin for a defenseman. Yeah, I mean, you you always want a team to draft the best available player because you can flip them. Um, but at a certain point, like. It's tough. Like, how, like, how do you really define like what a better player is? Like the tenth overall versus the eleventh overall. Is there always that kind of clear, um, like delineation? Uh, I mean, and and take a look at this last year, right? You had some players who were projected, like, even like in even the previous year. The previous year, it's kind of a miss. It's kind of like a one-off because of it being, you know, the COVID year. But yeah. this last year, this, I'll say this last year even, though, like, you know, we had a guy who, um, what, was projected to go top five in, um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he was projected to go top five. Um, but, you know, everyone was like, okay, he's too small. Um, he doesn't end up going until, like, 15 to 20 or something around there. Like, it happens and you have some guy like let's um on some draft boards like like connor geeky for example that the arizona coyotes drafted like he was projected to go as high as like top five on some people's boards but as low as like you know 15 or even 20 on other people's draft boards or look at lane hudson who um i in the sb nation draft uh got i think 29th overall um, who ended up going in the second round, who ju- is like destroying 
NCAA defenseman records. Like it's it's insane. Absolutely, we're going to continue to talk about the uh, you know defensemen uh, on this uh, episode of Locked On Coyotes in just a minute. But first, I want to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors on the show. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, to threes drained, everything in between. Is absolutely my favorite place to go to when betting on sports. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no sweat for a bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets where you go, when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. It's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So let's go ahead, Carl, and let's 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 continue. You know, let's talking about defensemen, because I actually have a name that we should have brought up but didn't. Okay, uh, let's hear it. Vladislav Kolyanchuk. Absolutely. The, yeah, I I would say other than or even superseding Kesselring. Kesselring is the the new hotness. He is the 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 new addition that we want to discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh Kolya Chernak looked good last season. Um has been playing with the two side run runners, uh, my understanding pretty well, like maybe not game breaking, but pretty well. Uh, I definitely see him as a future piece for the Coyotes at least in the immediate future. Absolutely. And, you know, and we talked about the coyote, the, uh, the development coaching for the Arizona Coyotes. Um, you know, I was going to say, like, I, I would have hoped to, to say that, uh, that Jay Verde was still around to, to be that coach. Um, but, you know, he's taken a bigger role elsewhere. Uh, of course, you know, that's what happened when you're in the AHL. Um, yep. But Steve Potvin has been around the AHL for so long that I think he knows what the, especially like he's been around the the Roadrunners for so long and the Coyotes organization for so long that he knows what, you know, the Bill, like Bill Armstrong, he knows what the system is what needs. So he's kind of helping gear towards that. He's like, okay, you know, the AHL's focus here is development and we're going to hope focus on developing these players. And that's the hope that you get with uh especially like like you said a guy like like uh Kolyo Chanak. Yeah. And I mean just just looking at the rest of the Tucson Roadrunners roster for defensemen uh like I I don't know what are your thoughts on 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 Crowdy? Do you think do do you think we've hit his kind of ceiling uh AHL maybe call up yeah, I think that's the um, that's that, that's that's what I've gotten. Like, we, I am a little too liberal on using the term uh, quadruple A player. Unfortunately, I use that for too many players. Um, but I will say he's one of those guys that is probably even a little bit below. The, 
quadruple A. Like he's still like he's good for AHL, but like, yeah. but like he might just get like a very short stint at the Coyotes for a quick call up. That's the, really the extent. I I will say this about him: he is only twenty three, um, which is surprising to me. I thought he has been mm-hmm. like around longer, but he's only twenty three. Um, defensemen tend to hit later. He can shift his game. Uh, one of the things that I historically am on the record of loving is a player who kind of like revitalizes the career and becomes a specialist. Like a third line face-off specialist is just to me, like a very important key. So I'm not going to count, count him out, but he, he does kind of seem to be like, not necessarily big on the recall in a way that you would hope for a player who kind of has a future as an NHL player. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, and there's a lot to take a look into that, but like, I, you know, you'd still hope to see, um, hope to see more from it. Right. Like you want the development to happen. You always want it to happen. Um, but some players like, look, are just going to be, unfortunately stuck in the shadows of the ones that are next in line. Yeah. I I will just say one last credit to him uh, before we move on to talk about someone else. Um, last season through 68 games, he was a minus 28 this season through 48 minus four uh, plus minus is not a stat that anyone should take seriously, but that is you use it as a, as like a driver or something that kind of help you, yeah, you know, it's like a very other. faint indicator of it, uh, of any kind of success. You mix you mix that with uh, like advanced stats like Corsi and other possession metrics, it, you get a more understanding. But if you use stat the sp- individual stats alone, you are not going to learn anything. Yeah, the the problem being, uh, the AHL is not known for having good advanced stats. Uh, at least not that I have found. Uh, That's why we don't go to the NHL website for. <laughs> yeah, I I would love if I could get like possession numbers or fancy like graphics and, and kind of visualization of AHL players. It would if we can do if we can get that like. What would be awesome is if we had, you know, like maybe like if I was still living in Tucson and I had all the med- it, it, like and I had like all the resources, I would 100% be that kind of person that would be trying to track advanced stats. Um, yeah. Specifically for Coyotes pr- prospect purposes, because, you know, that's kind of important to know. It is. Um, there is definitely a gap in knowledge and just like we talked about on yesterday's episode where we just don't know enough about like the khl and kind of that function we don't know enough about the stats for ahl um it is a pretty big hole uh i understand why it takes a lot of work to dip like to be tracking those kind of things and a lot of people who are doing it are doing it at the the highest level which you would hope um, if there, it would require like some kind of super dedicated fan or financial resources dedicated to it. And that's just not happening. 
I'm sure there are like internal stats. Like each team has their own kind of internal stats. We know that. Like, oh, I know that. I, I I know they have it. I hundred yeah. percent. You know, I when I worked in an AHL press box, press box, there was a guy that had more stats than you ever see on the on the AHL website. Yeah. Um, and I talked to him about it. He's like, "Yeah, no, this is only for internal use." Yeah. Um, and I'm like, "I, I yeah, I, uh, I think." I mean, they're the ones paying the paying the person to do it, so that's understandable. Uh, we just need that kind of like level at the public level, and it's just not there. Hopefully, five years from now, we have that. Uh, that may be too optimistic of a time frame though let's be honest there's not a lot of money in the ahl maybe you know here in the pacific division like there are so many teams on this side of the coast that maybe they figure out a way to get some money towards towards that like pacific division's already done their own playoffs like before the calder cup like yeah so why not right why not put some extra resources yeah um but you know the Coyotes do have a couple of options when it comes to like defensemen of the future, but I think the key thing is like every player we've talked about, I don't see him as the top pairing person on a on a competitive team at least. Maybe on like two years from now on the Coyotes, sure, like not as a Stanley Cup winner unless they take major leaps in the next couple of years, which who knows they could. It's possible. At this time, we don't see it, but it is 100% possible. You know, um, I can't be overly optimistic because I'm going to make a comparison to a forward, for example, and I've made, I've made this comparison multiple times, and I know this player is no longer a, um, a coyote, and, you know, what this player is now doing is, you know, his kind of name has fizzled out since he left the coyotes, but... The that career trajectory of Connor Garland, Carl. Um, yeah. when he was in Tucson and I watched this dude play, I kind of turned to other people in the press box. I'm like, this kid right here, he is going to be a really good hockey player, like, he's going to make it to the NHL and he's going to be really good. Yeah, and that's a that's a good spot. Um, and I do think, like, even his first season in the NHL is like, eh. He's kind of one note, but then I think he came back. He had like a solid second season with the Coyotes. He earned a trade to the, uh, what we didn't realize was the dumpster fire that would be the Vancouver Canucks. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> uh, that ended up getting place, uh, for a developing player to go. Yeah. Uh, the Coyotes end up getting Dylan come through off of that, but, um, but yes, you know, we'll have to see. We'll do. We will have to see indeed. But like we said, we named those players. I it's hard to say any of them are, you know, like, you know, impact like, like completely impact making Stanley Cup winning defensemen. I just at this time, it's just not there. Yeah, I agree. Anyways, though, we have still more to get to on this episode of Locked on Coyotes. There's a game tonight. We're going to have to take a quick preview of that. Get to our FanDuel picks of the game. Before we get to that, though, 
We're going to take a quick word from our sponsors. And let's get to our FanDuel picks of the game, Carl. Um, first of all, you know, let's get to a little bit of, of, of the uh, just the discussion in general of, of, of the game. Arizona Coyotes versus Nashville Predators. Um, these two teams are really interesting when they go against each other. Like, Arizona plays really well against them for some reason. <laughs> but also sometimes they get dominated. Um, it really depends on the time on the night, right? But they play like division rivals, which is interesting because the Coyotes just joined a division recently. But yeah. they play like division rivals, which is awesome. I mean, they have that second round playoff history. Um, they they played each other last Sunday or uh, the Sunday before last, uh, mm-hmm. back in February, uh, and both teams have changed a lot since the trade deadline however the Nashville Predators come into tonight's game riding a three-game point streak uh they beat the Florida Panthers they beat the Chicago Blackhawks I don't know why they had to beat the Blackhawks that's annoying um and then they went to the shootout with the Vancouver Canucks so like that's different than the St. Louis Blues who have just been losing tons of games lately Uh, so this is Kind of similar to the last game the Coyotes played, but still very different in terms of momentum. Yeah, and it's going to make things interesting. Now, this game is at the moment, so, like, you know, you can expect weirder things to happen, you know? Um, you know, Coyotes have played some of their better hockey at the moment. Um, there is no longer as much as, like, quote, magical, as we mentioned earlier this season, but they still play some of their better hockey when they're at home. As it, I mean, it's normal. That's what normally is the case for many hockey teams, NHL teams. But um, maybe it might be a different case this time, especially because it's against Nashville. Yeah. Um, I, I don't necessarily have the highest hopes. Uh, I think that this one is going to be kind of a tight game. I think it's going to be a Nashville win, too. Awesome. I'm also going to predict a Nashville win. Um, I do think it's going to be a pretty close game, though. I think it's going to be pretty high scoring also. Um, and next going to bring us to our FanDuel picks of the game. I have, you know, obviously our picks both lined up, and we have it ready to show everybody. But we're going to go through the lines and kind of show everybody what it is, tell everybody what it is. The Nashville Predators are favored at a point and a half at plus 146. and They are favored minus 164 if you pick the money line. And uh, the total points is at six and a half points. And um, I'm going to have the graphic and bring it up. And Carl, you're going to explain your pick. And I'm going to go ahead and explain mine as well. Sure. So, Carl, you 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 picked under six and a half total points. I did. Um, how how you feeling? Like feeling about that pick? Like you know, is uh, what's your final score? And like, I want to kind of know what, what your thought process through going under. Uh, my final score is 4-2 Nashville. Um, I think that this one is going to be tight. Uh, I think the Coyotes had a great game against the Blues, but Clayton Keller always plays good against the Blues. Um, and we got a two-goal game from Travis Boyd. I think Travis Boyd has been pretty good lately. You're not going to be expecting that every time. Um and I'm just not really sure who's going to step up and provide the offense on the, the Coyotes' end. Um, I think one of those Nashville goals is going to be an empty netter. I think it's going to be 3-2 for most of it. Coyotes pull the goalie. Nashville gets the empty net goal. 
you know, I, I, I am under a very similar thought process as you. I don't think there's going to be an empty netter. Um, but I, I you know I'm, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, pretty close throughout most of the game. Uh, I am a firm believer that it's going to be high scoring. Like I said, that's why I picked over 6.5 on my pick. Um, it's a little bit of the riskier pick because, you know, going over, because that is six and a half. That is a lot of points. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I am, but I, I feel pretty confident in this pick, you know, with a final score, I'm going to be looking at around a, um, like a six to five game, okay. um, that kind of high scoring, um, Nashville is still going to be on the winning end here. Um, I, um, but you know, anything can happen on that side then that's why I'm just picking the over because Coyotes hockey is weird. Like I cannot put, say, you know what, lock in the Nashville Predators is a win because, the Coyotes are weird. They do some weird stuff. Um, so best bet, best safest bet is to bet on the total points, which is interesting because you and I have differing views. Yeah. Well, I will just say this. Uh, I did the preview on five for howling. Um, I mentioned that the predators uh, went to the shootout in their last game. Uh, it was tied with two third period goals from Luke Evangestela. Uh, who, if you don't know, is playing in his first professional uh, season. Uh, he spent most of the season in the AHL. He's played four NHL games. He has two goals and an assist. Um, one of the phenomenal things that happens after the trade deadline is you get a bunch of like AHL call-ups, and who knows what those guys are capable of? We just said, we don't have good AHL stats. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, in, in a similar note, like, yeah, I, you know, like, normally, like, you'd be like, hey, I, I'm covering the AHL, and I used to do that. I used to do that full time. Um, now I'm up in the Valley. I don't, so I can't say I cover it anymore. Plus, you didn't know that side because Milwaukee barely ever came to uh, to Tucson in the first place, so that would also kind of give me a little bit more blind side. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's just kind of – there's a lot of variables right now, um, and it'll be interesting to see how things go. Absolutely. Any final thoughts you want to put on this game before we close things off? Uh, I just want to apologize to Luke. I'm sure I messed up his last name there. <laughs> you know, it's okay. I'm pretty sure it's not uh, not the first time. Um, plus, we're in hockey. It's It happens to a lot of players. Um, I'm sure a lot of players know that um we try our best though yeah yeah uh, i'm sorry you've played four games uh you are a player who needs to be accounted for but we don't have a pronunciation guide yet next time we'll get it yeah i mean hopefully we don't have to talk about you too much luke uh, <laughs> uh as coyotes fans you just you, you want to focus on our own guys absolutely yeah yeah but we're out of time on this episode of the Locked on Coyotes podcast. Hope you guys like what you heard today. If you did, don't forget to leave a review. To like, comment, subscribe if you have yet to already. We're available everywhere you get your podcast, including on YouTube. Coming up uh, to round out this week, we're going to continue our post-trade deadline coverage, talking about the Arizona Coyotes rebuild. We're going to have some focus on some support pieces for Arizona. But um, once again, that's it for today. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We are we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash locked on coyotes and on Twitter at LO underscore coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leano. Carl Pavlock is at Carl Pav 
Oh, he's at five for howling. There's no longer use that other count. He's at five for howling. So, uh, interact with us. Ask a question you might have. We might answer right back around a future episode of the Locked On Kaiju Podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys staying safe out there. Hope you guys staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on. Ah!